God will arise and his enemies will be scattered. Ooh, Psalms 58. I think. God will arise. He has already risen. Well, Father, thank you for this good time. You know it's good to drink. You know, I, I've been, uh, as I studied this morning, as things coming into my spirit. You know, the day of Pentecost was a manifestation of the New Covenant Church. Let me say it again, the, the day of Pentecost. The devil and religion has tried to kill the day of Pentecost. Stamp out the day of Pentecost. The righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we have to contend for it, saints. You know, there's more and more in this world trying to crowd you out to being a little weird and a little different. Why don't you just adjust to everything that's going on around you and become dead like everybody else? No way. No way. So you got to go. And you know our next glory meeting in January, we're going to cast out devils. I'm telling you, we're going to cast out devils whether the devil likes it or not. Okay? First of the year, you need to get all cleaned up from the last stuff and so we can get on with the brand new year. So we don't have a time set, but, you know, as long as we're here in this earth, we're going to cast out devils. I told them, you know, Mark 16 says, these signs will follow them that believe. My name will cast out devils. The first thing a believer ought to be up, up to is casting out devils. Why? Because look what the devil's done in the world today. Look what's going on. There's two sources. Darkness and light, that's it. Devil, God. And it's not hard to spot which one's which. And I'm telling you, we're here, we're here as light and salt. And people want to bite on you, they need to taste a little salt. Be salty. Amen? Woo! Well, spirit of life. Jesus is the spirit of life. Just thought of us first. I want to read. Romans 8, 1. So now the case is closed. Say the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life, that's what we're talking about today, the spirit of life flowing through the anointed, anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Say no more sin and death. You've been liberated. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humility, God's son gave us his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn guilt and the power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us, and we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but according to the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. It says Holy Spirit, but I like Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Woo! Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue, pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. 
Say spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Now listen, you got to contend for it, saints. Everything going on around you when you walk out in this world is trying to rob it from you, trying to take it from you. But just say, not on my watch. Thing about Christianity, it's supernatural from start to finish. Holding the beginning of your confidence steadfast, how long? To the end. To the end, and that's what we're doing. You know, Jesus came to represent the kingdom of God and his Father to this lost and dying world. He never accommodated himself to the errors, the fashions, nor the theories of the age in which he lived. He came to witness to the truth because he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. And he says, the word truth, it means reality. It means the real reality. The word truth is reality in the Greek. Jesus was reality. Every subject he discussed was a revelation of divine reality. His life was in opposition to the culture he lived in. Say, as he is, so am I in this word. Don't give in to all the stuff that's going on around you. Jesus didn't, and you say, as he is, so am I now in this world. You see it. His life was in opposition to the culture he lived in. If Jesus appeared today... He would be as much a stranger as he was when he was manifested to Israel. But we're in the world. As he is, so are we. Don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to be light and be salt. Stand for what God called you to do. I heard Al Gore say, and it just blew my mind. We must interpret the Constitution of the United States in the light of our changing world. Wrong. Jesus said heaven and earth might pass away, but my word will never pass away. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God says in Malachi, I am the Lord God and I don't change. So get over it. So you're living in an unchangeable thing in the kingdom. So don't allow the world to pressure you into being conformed to this. Be not conformed to this world, Romans 12, but be transformed. Exchanged by the exchanging of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. For I say through the grace to given to every man among you not to think more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man a measure of his faith. So contend for the faith that was given to you. Contend for it. The trying of your faith is more precious than gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, would be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith. Without faith, it's what? Impossible. Say impossible. As he is in this world. Contend for it. Faith worketh by what? Love. Says when Jesus comes, will he find any faith on the earth? That's a question mark. When he comes, will he find faith on the earth? Look at what's going on around the world today. Contend for the faith that's been given to you. Don't let him take it for you when he comes. Because we see that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that seek him. 
Amen? So, contend for the faith. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Contend. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. If he tells you to run, you run. run. If he says belly, 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 belly. You know, this whole Christian walk has been with, and most of it comes from Christians trying to conform you to be a little, don't be quite so radical. I don't remember reading the place where Jesus said to his disciples, now guys, you've got to back off a little. You're being a little too, too spiritual. You're offending people around you. Did you ever read that anywhere? No, most of the time he offended the disciples. He scared them to death of what he did all the time. And that's what he wants you to do, man. Don't give place to that thing that's going on. Thank God he said, I do not change. You know, I, I was reading, thinking about this the other day, and, and I really see it all over, but especially in our government stuff that's going on. It just blows my mind how man is guilty and still he can prove himself innocent if he gets the chance. You know, that's what happened to me on my camper. The whole side blew off my camper when I was coming back from the mountains, and I called to turn in the claim. And I, she said, it was caused of hail damage, and I said, I had hail damage, and the side blew off. And she said, well, we'll cover hail damage, but we won't cover the water damage. Because you didn't maintain your camper, and it happened over a period of time, and it's all your fault, it's not our fault, and we're not going to cover it. So, oh, Guilty. Unless you get a chance and I'm two months down the road and still hadn't had a chance to prove myself innocent. Two months. If you've seen the ads on State Farm, we'll be the first one there and the last to leave. I hadn't seen them yet. Over two months. This is what we're living with. You're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. That's the justice we got here. And I'm telling you, it's not right. And you know, one of the things God hates is injustice. He looks for justice, and he didn't find it, it says in Isaiah 49. He said, therefore, my own arm brought forth salvation. And I want to just tell you, you think you can go to a court somewhere, in a jury, in a court with lawyers and get justice? You think again. Just think again. I used to have that fantasy until I, I faced reality one day in front of a judge. We're not of this world. We live in it, but we don't need to let this thing affect us the way we let it affect us. Amen. His ways are higher than that. And, and you know, we've got to go. Isaiah chapter 5. I was going to read verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Do you know if you really come out and say what's really right, you'll be condemned? But if you say what's going on is okay, you'll be blessed in this world. This exactly is being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, put darkness for light and light for darkness, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strong, that mingle strong drink, that justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Arrest my case. You can watch it on TV about any time you want to. 
And that's what's happening. We're getting down there. I don't want to read verse 24. It doesn't sound too good. Sounds like there's a whole lot of fire coming on stubble. Anyhow, you can see that happening in this world we're living in. Okay, that's not who we are. Say as he is. So are we where? Now. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the way there is is the way of death. The law of the spirit of life which Jesus brought, brought us into a whole new family. The expression in, in 1 John three thirteen, he says, uh, John thirteen thirty four and 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all men know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Let me ask you a question. You turn on world news tonight and you're looking for hate or love. Which one are you going to find the most? Yeah. It's just two. It's either hate or love. One or the other. And he says, by this will all men know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Boy, that's a little contrary to the world we live in, isn't it? You see it all the time. Jesus said in John 17, 18, Father, if you sent me into the world, even so have I sent them in the world. Say, as I he is. So am I in this present world. First John four seventeen. As he sent me, so send I. You're in this world because he sent you to take his place, to be the body of Christ in this world of corruption. We've got to stand for the truth. And I mean stand. We've got all the weapons of our warfare we need to stand. John 17, 19, he says, We are sanctified by the truth. They are sanctified by the truth. One in us, union, that we may be a witness to the world that we believe. Good stuff. I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little of that. Listen here. It's so awesome. You want to know the Lord's Prayer? It's John 17. That's the Lord's Prayer. John 17, 1. Jesus prayed as he looked to heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son. So that I will magnify your glory. You've already given me authority over all people. So I may give the gift of eternal life to all those you've given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you, the only true God. To know and experience Jesus Christ as son whom you've sent. I have glorified you on earth by faithfully doing everything you told me to do. So my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face. Oh, come on. Now we are face to face again. And the glory he had with the Father, he's given us that we may be one face to face. Before the universe was created, Father, I have manifested who you really are. And I have revealed you to men and women that you gave me. They were yours and you gave them to me. That's awesome. And they have fastened your word firmly in their hearts. And now at last you know what everything I have given is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, I passed on to them. They received your words and carried them in their hearts. They are convinced that I've come from your presence and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world. We only have two sources, saints, the unbelievers and the believers. But those who belong to you, those who you have given to me, for all who belong to me now belong to you. And all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. 
Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world and return to be with you, but my disciples remain here, so I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one of them you have given me. How many of you know he's got you in the palm of his hand? And watch over them so they will be united as one. What is the goal? United. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. We've been given the Spirit by the unity of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to work for it. We just keep it. It's gift to you. The unity of the Spirit is given to you. As one as we are one. While I was with them that you gave me, I have kept them safe by your name. And you have given not one of them is lost except the one who was destined to be lost so the scriptures could be fulfilled. He says, I'm returning to you, Father, and I pray that you will... uh, Let me go back. I missed it. You're like passing much as I do. But now I'm returning to you, Father. I pray that you, that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I've given them your message, and they are, that is why the unbelieving world hates them. Does the unbelieving world hate you? Do they? Yeah. Okay. For their allegiance is no longer to this world because I'm not of this world. I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. Amen. Guard your hearts from evil. Now, I, I think what... Angie is feeling what a lot of us is feel. The scripture says this, casting your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast. And he says, knowing that all you're going through, all the brothers and sisters are going through it just like you are. And he says, casting all your cares upon Jesus. That word cares is distractions. There is not a saint in this world that's not constantly being bombarded by distractions to get your mind off off of what your focus is, the author and finisher of your faith, of his faith. That's it. It's, it's, a call, it's a distraction from life. It always pulls you in, in some areas, but say, stay focused on the author and the finisher of faith. <clears throat> Amen? So you got to see that, that that's what he's doing. Now to even know where I got, doesn't matter, does it? Somebody who can tell me what verse I was on? Nobody? 15? I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by your truth. I have commissioned them to represent me, just as you commissioned me to represent you. And see, as he is, as he is, is. so am I now. now. I'm walking in this world as the body of Christ. That's why we're here. 1 John 3, what, whatever it is says, for he that sinneth is of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus, by one offering, took care of sin. How long? Forever. We're here to represent the kingdom of God and deal with sin, which is of the devil. Amen. Amen? So you can't get around it. You got you to do some things. Hallelujah. Say Hallelujah. Or, or belly belly. I don't care which. It says, and now, verse 19, I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. I'm telling you something. You need to contend for the truth of God, the word of God. You need to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching, admonishing you in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. 
And don't be drunk with wine, but do be drunk with the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on now. No hangover. Belly, belly. But also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. Say, that's me. As he is, so am I. I pray for them, all joined together as one. Even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one, I pray for them to become one with us. Union, so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be joined together as one and experience the same unity we enjoy. You live fully in me, I now live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each other with the same passionate love that I have for you. That's enough. Is that good stuff or what? As he is, so are we in this present world. You know, Jesus said in John twenty twenty one, as my father has sent me, so send I you. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retained, are retained. That's the authority of the kingdom. You have the key to the kingdom he's already given to you. You know what's amazing in Matthew chapter 24? In Matthew 24, they said, what shall be the sign of your coming? And Jesus started out in Matthew 24. Let me see what I want to read back. Verse 12, I think. Okay. Okay, all right. I'll start in verse 4. Take heed that no man deceives you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. Now, I want to tell you something, saints. Deception is Satan's number one enemy. And you know if you're deceived, you don't know it. That's what's wrong with deception. It's so deceiving. You think it's right, and it's wrong. That's why we need the truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. And you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things will come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There are famines, pestilence, earthquakes. We had one here. North of Amarillo. In different places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and betray one another and shall hate one another. You see what's going on today? Now I want you to see something. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound. What is iniquity? Lawlessness. Without restraint. The love of many shall wax cold. Now you know this is interesting. Because this word love is not the regular flail that they knew. It's agape. It's the first time the word agape is used. Because the iniquity around you is abounding so much. The love of God that's shed in your heart, Romans 5, 5, by the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. That love of God that's shed abroad in your heart is beginning to wax cold. Because of what? All the distractions and junk you have to listen to. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Chill out. But what's the answer to that? But he that endures to the end. He that stays in, agape. He that stays in, and don't let that agape chill out, says, 
the same will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto the nations, and then what? The end will come. You know, Jesus said to the Pharisees and the scribes, he says, you are from beneath. Can you see him standing here on the earth? He says, you are from beneath. Where's beneath? Uh-oh. I am from above. You are this world. I'm not of this world. That was the scribes and the Pharisees that he spoke that to. Agape. First time it's used. A new word not used by fallen man. Love had not been love had been displaced by hatred. All they knew, this new kind of love for a new family with a new nature and a new father. Matthew twenty eight, eight, Jesus says they says to him, Rabbi, and he says, Call no man rabbi, for one is your master Christ. And he says, And call no man on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Now, he wasn't saying your natural father, but he's saying you only have one spiritual father, and he's in heaven, and he's your father. And I, I can't think of, he never said it to anyone else, but when he rose from the grave and he went to Mary, and he said, Mary, go tell my disciples and Peter that I've ascended to my father and your father. I've ascended to my God and your God. See, so it moved from his father to our father. Oh, happy day. End of the old and the beginning of a new. To my father and your father. My God and your God. We are a new people with new language and a new kingdom living in a new family. We've been transported, translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, Agape. In this new kingdom, we have a kingdom law. A new commandment I give you that you do what? Love one another as I loved you. The disciples never understood what Jesus was talking about until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and the love of God gushed out out of their hearts. The love of God, it says, the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts. That word means gushed out. Belly, belly. They begin for the first time to understand what real agape love was. What is this love of God? It's the very nature of God. It's the new heart of God. What does it look like? You look at a tree. First thing you see the leaves, and then you see the blossom, then the fruit comes on, then the mature fruit, and somebody comes and eats your fruit. The earth brings forth of itself, it says Mark 4.28. First the love of God is shown in your hearts, then eternal life is manifested in it. The nature, the conduct, the speak the the speech changes, and the fruit of the Spirit comes, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those that make peace. See, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And from love comes all the rest of them. Love is the primary fruit that everything else comes from. Oh, happy day. Until the day of Pentecost, the church has only known phileo or brotherly love. What new kind of love was this that, that happened on the day of Pentecost? When a stingy old Jew would deliberately give away his property or sell it so others could be helped. Oh, come on now. That ain't natural. That's spiritual. And that's what happened. They began to sell their, their land and give it to disciples to distribute. 
that what, is, what does this phileo love do? It's a self-seeking love. I'll love you if you love me back. It, it's conditional. That's that old love that, that is not agape. It seeks its own. All comes with God's new heart, new spirit, and he gives us what? Ezekiel 36, a new heart, a new spirit. And he said he'd cause us to walk in his ways. Hallelujah. Say as he is. I'm trying to make a point. We are here to make a difference in a lost and a hurting world. And the difference is when they see us, they need to see Christ. Paul said, you are our epistles known and read of all men. He didn't say you had to say a thing. I believe you're, you're just being. In him we live and have our being. All you have to do is just be. Just be. I think that's, that's what we need. We don't know how need to go out and preach to them. We just need to live what we believe. You do what you believe. If you really believe it, you're going to do what you believe. That's what he told me one time. Got me locked up for 24 hours. Sat in front of a judge that says, do you think it's right for a pastor to be set an example of being locked up to all your, pretty, your people in your church? You think that's the kind of example you ought to set? And I said, well, the book of Acts, if Peter hadn't said we wouldn't be here today, but he said we ought to obey God rather than man. He turned as red as Alan's shirt. He says, how dare you to, ins- to insinuate that the Lord would tell you to break any laws. And he said, don't you say a word. My face got as red as his then. I suffered many nights over that because this man telling me what the Bible says, it didn't say. Do you hear me? We're here. You know, Jesus didn't have it. 1 Peter 4.1 says, if, if Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. You know, there may be a time when you have to shed a little blood for what you believe. Jesus said they'd kill you and think they're doing God's service. So, you know, may come a time when you have to stand up for what you believe. And the way the world's moving, even America, it may not be that far off. I hate to say that. But you don't, don't worry about it. we got a new heaven and a new earth coming. Right. New Jerusalem. Everything's going to be new. New, he said, behold, I make all things. So all this stuff's only going to last a while anyhow, so don't fret over it. I can't imagine the new of everything that's going to be. I guess you can tell I'm a little troubled. I think the church is being affected way more by the world than the world's affecting it that the church is affecting the world. And I just think it's time for us just to, we can't speak for the rest of the world. All we can account for is our, ourselves. Every single person has to do what God tells them to do. But I believe it's time for us to just stand up for what we believe. Hallelujah. Agape is the love of his family and also the life of the family and the joy of his family. You know, Leviticus is an exposition of the law of the first covenant. 1 Corinthians 13 is an exposition of the new covenant. Love never fails. You know, you ought to, we ought to, if we had time, we'd read it in a passion. 
But that's what love never fails. Luke 15, God fills the hungry with good things, but the rich and the full he sends empty away. God's answer to a desperate, broken heart is not just to heal the heart, but to give them a new one, a better one. Woo! Let me read you something. Christ, if we may say it reverently, became a babe again on the day of Pentecost, and 120 were there with his infantile body. As once more, through the Holy Spirit, he incarnated himself in the flesh. He is now growing and increasing in number, so he will continue to do till we come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, into a perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The glorified Christ manifests himself to man through his body. If there is a perfect correspondence between himself and his members, then there will be a true manifestation of himself. Therefore does the Spirit abide in the body, that the body may be Christed, that is, indelt by Christ and transfigured into the likeness of Christ. Only thus a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, can show forth the virtues of him that's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. A.J. Gordon. Give me an amen. Give me a belly belly. The purpose of God, the Creator Father, was to have a family, sons and daughters, who he loved and could respond to his spirit so he could nurture and feed them. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me read it here. I'm going to start in verse 3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as, as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with our, our, our whole hearts. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. I've got to read that again. Eric, say read that again. Amen. <laughs> he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in a perfect plan to adopt us as delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has bestowed upon his son, Jesus, he has for us. And thus unfolding that plan brings him great pleasure. Since we're now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. This superabundant grace is already working in us, releasing us from all forms of wisdom, practical understanding, and through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled the secrets of his desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. Because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches climax when God makes all things new in heaven and in earth. Amen. Give me an amen. amen. That's who, whose you are. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance before we were ever born. He gave us our destiny. Before you were ever born, he gave you your destiny. 
that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his side, his heart. God's purpose was that the Jews and the Gentiles, what? Should be one new man. So making peace. Give me an amen. Well, as he is, so are we. I want that to ring in your mind this week. Everywhere you go, as he is, so am I. Because you know why? You are in union with him. Everywhere you go, he goes. Everything you do, he does. Because you're the body of Christ and members one of another. Well, let's stand. Well, Father, we thank you that you have already blessed us with every spiritual blessing and you prepared our destiny in you before the foundation of the world that we should be one new family and to walk in love. Father, we ask you, we just ask in faith that we don't allow this agape heart that you've given us, this new heart, to be crusted over by the cares and the deceitfulness of riches and all the things that's going on around us in this world. But Lord, let them things, let them just slide right off of us like Teflon. Let us keep our hearts, like you said, with all diligence, because out of our new heart comes the very life springs, our belly belly, out of our heart comes the very life of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Lord, I ask you like Jesus, just keep us in the midst of your plan and your purpose for us in Jesus' name. Amen.